This episode is brought to you by Auth0. That's Auth0.com. In this episode, we have software engineer, founder, writer, mentor, conference speaker, Art Amana. And thank you for consuming the Thunder Nerds, a conversation with the people behind the technology that love what they do and do tech good. And today we have a great sponsor helping us do just that. Yeah, we have Off Zero. Off Zero, they make it easy for developers to build a custom, secure, and standard based unified login by providing authentication and authorization as a service. You could try them out now at auth0.com. You could go to their sites that follow the same pattern on the social medias. We have youtube.com slash auth0. We have twitch.tv slash auth0. And we have the developer playground and uh, super cool events at the avocadolabs.dev. So check them out there. That'd be super neato, cool of you. And please, uh, if you can, go to the YouTube, subscribe. Subscribe to the show, click the notification bell, and get seven years of good luck. We would really, really appreciate that. So with that being said, and without any further ado, let's go ahead and get to our guest. We have a super special guest today, and I'm really excited to have her. We have software engineer, founder, writer, mentor, conference speaker, Aurit Amana. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Frederick. That was great. You, I think you ah. covered it all. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> I try, you know, it's a, it's a lot to say uh, right at the beginning. But anyway, thank you so much for uh, spending a Saturday with us. I know, you know, Saturday morning is not the easiest thing to uh, negotiate with uh, family and everything going on. You know, everybody's like, yeah, it's Saturday. And then, uh, oh, wait, I got to do with this thing. So <laughs> thank you so much. How's You're your Saturday welcome. morning going, by the way? It's going really good. The weather is beautiful. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to be here. I've been looking forward to it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, our, our pleasure. Absolutely. Hey, uh, let me ask you something topical. We got this really great uh, um, uh, alert notification, if you will, from uh, from the Joe Bidens uh, this week. Um, I'm so excited! No masks uh, for vaccinated people. What do you think? And and do you have your vaccine? Are you uh, are you willing to go out in public without the mask? Are you, do you feel safe? It, that's a good question. So I am fully vaccinated. So I've gotten the two shots. Um, but on the other hand, I mean, it's weird, right? Like, I think for me, I've kind of grown accustomed to the mask wearing, to be honest. Um, and I think where I'm coming from will be just an, out of an abundance of caution. I think I'm still going to wear my mask, not so much necessarily for me, but just to um, still send that message that I care about my community. I care about may maybe people who haven't been vaccinated and are still at risk. Um, right. I'm I'm comfortable with that. I don't I don't necessarily feel like I need to um, stop wearing my mask as some kind of indication that you know it's over or we're getting through it. I mean, at the end of the day. Um, we have different types of people with different susceptibility, and I don't know. I it's not a big deal for me. So I'm fully vaccinated, but I will keep wearing my mask probably for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Yeah, I, I might do the same thing. I'm 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 just I'm slightly cautious. I got a little bit of trepidation. I also yeah. have my, my I'm fully vaccinated. I just, yeah. you know, one I, I'm I'm. I, I see the signs out there, but I don't know, you know, if, if I go out, is there any way for me to, to bring it home to right. for, for my for my son? My son's only, only six. You know, right. he's not not in that 12 and up. So uh, space to get the get the Pfizer. So I'm, I'm just a little scared, but I, I want to see what happens in a month, two months from now. And at that point, that's when I'm going to go, OK, I'll, I'll take the mask off. Yeah, I think so. I think for me, let's just give it a little longer runway, I think. For for me good with let's let's see what it looks like in the fall 
right? Like, I think for me, that's kind of like my mindset, like let the fall come around and let's kind of see where we're at. But I'm, I'm in no rush yeah. necessarily to quote unquote, like go maskless. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I'm just, um, I'm a little, I'm, I'm just still a little scared and we'll, we'll see what happens then. And uh, at that point, I'll be very excited. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic by the end of the year, we'll see Times yeah. Square filled up again and uh, everybody's going to be good. But uh, that will be nice. Yeah. 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 We'll uh, everything crossed. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. I think we will. Yeah. Safely. Yeah, we'll I think. get there Yeah. Exactly. So, hey, let's let's talk about first. Well, we'll do a little bit of uh, communicating the present and uh, go backwards a little bit. Let's okay. talk about what you do. You are currently a software engineer for Forum. I, I yes. imagine I'm saying that right, right? So, yes. Forum. Uh, I assume the technology is exactly what I think it is. Do you mind uh, communicating one, what exactly Forum is, and then two, what you what you do at Forum? Yes. So, Forum um, is an open source uh, company, and what that means is our code is completely a hundred percent open source, and so there's um, there's no like opacity when it comes to what we're building and how we're building it. And we have um, just a very vibrant, supportive open source community around what we do. And as far as our product, we are building software to empower online communities that value um, data privacy um, and, and um, basically just empowering creators online to um, connect with people and to lead respectful, um, communities that value that data privacy. So that's what we do in a nutshell. Um, and so as an engineer at Forum, my day-to-day -day consists mostly, so one of the one of the tools in our software are our moderation tools, our administra uh, administration and moderation tools. And so that's typically where I do most of my work. And so right now we're building out a more um, UX-centered, admin experience in the back end and um, also beefing up our moderation tools. And that empowers the administrators of these communities to keep their communities safe and, and supportive. Yeah. So that's day to day what I do. But now, now when you say communities, is the uh, is the audience pretty much anybody like hypothetically, um, you know, I, I could pull up a scenario, but I, I don't know if that's going to work. But, you know, I, I own a, 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 a pizza shop and I want to mm -hmm. open up a community to have, hey, you know, on Friday nights we have pizza bingo. <laughs> That's <laughs> a great example, but uh, let, let's roll with it. Pizza bingo, the, the little bingo pieces are uh, pepperoni. I want to start a forum. I want to get people involved. I want to have a community. Is this for me or is this for um, small? Is it for small business is, is what I'm getting at. That Medium, uh, not enterprise. Excellent question. Please. So we actually are going to have two offerings. So we have, yes. So we have the self-hosted option and that's for literally anyone. Now we're rolling that out slowly. So it's, I could, I could maybe say we're like in a pre-beta phase right now, but the, the, the end goal is to have anyone literally able to spin up a forum for their community needs and self-host it. And so that's one option. And then we have the more mm -hmm. enterprise offering. And so that's where we're going to offer more enterprise level um, solutions for that level of company or that level of business, yeah. But we are really excited about literally getting this into the hands of anyone that, that wants to have a forum for their community or their needs and, and have it be self-hosted. And we are going to um, make it very modular. And so you can have the bare bones for or you can have these modules, you can have a chat component, you can have maybe a listings component, and we're modularizing a lot of the functionality. And so you can build your custom forum, basically. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. All right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll put some uh, links in the show notes for everybody to check it out. It sounds like an amazing tool. I'm uh, very interested. And uh, by the way, uh, if you're watching, uh, go ahead and live chat with us. We'll uh, put your questions up and we'll answer them uh, right on the show. Uh, so let's let's talk about your career journey. So okay. you know you didn't start off as a software engineer. You, you no. started off in a, in a a little bit different path, but it, it seems that it does make sense along the way. Just just like all of us, a lot of us are second career devs. You know, for yes. for me, I, I went to school for 
for graphic design and photography. And, you know, I was, I was making flyers for my band, et cetera, et cetera. And it just kind of blossomed and it, it went kind of down that path. Um, I know for, for you at a young age, you, you were introduced to technology. Your, your father was an engineer. Am I right? So you always yes. had uh, technology in the house. Exactly. Yes. My father, mm -hmm. um, he was a sales engineer. And so he always had access to the latest tech, right? Like part of his job was outfitting companies, you know, banks and, you know, the like with technology, computers, printing, like literally the whole nine. And so he, he kind of always, you know, we had, um, I'm dating myself here, but you know, we had the, <laughs> des <laughs> the desktop computers and, you know, the video game consoles and the printers. And, you know, we, we were always surrounded with technology. And so I, at a very early age, you know, I, I, gained an appreciation for the power of technology, you know, to make life easier or to, or to make life better. Yeah. Um, so I've always been surrounded by technology, but as a young girl, I wanted to be a doctor. And so that was, you know, yeah, uh, that was my, you know, you know, the MD for all my teddy bears and my dolls and things like that. Yeah. So nice. I was very do, firmly right? on the science track and, I did, yes. Duke is my yeah. alma mater. Yeah, my bachelor's. Yeah. And so, so you were going there for uh, biology, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I was a pre-med uh, major, right? And so um, for the most part, most of my life science came easy to me. I, I talk about this a lot. Like my schoolwork came easy to me for the most part um, until I got to college and, and more specifically my third year. Um, I had delayed declaring a major. And so by the time I was in my junior year, I had all these prereqs for pre-med that I had to complete. And so I'm taking like all the orgo and the microbiology and um, the physical chemistry, like everything just in one semester. Um, and so, of course, I couldn't um, excel in all of them. And instead of me, and I, I say this because a lot of times we think that things maybe are always inevitable, but I'm very clear to say that even though my path ended up the way it was, I see where I see where I made mistakes. And so that was one of my early earliest mistakes career-wise was assuming that just because I had a hard semester, medicine wasn't for me. And that was mm. a that was a wrong conclusion. And I'm very clear about that. Yeah. Um, and so that was how I chose to interpret that really difficult year, really, my junior year. And so I took it to mean, oh, I don't have what it takes to become a doctor, which wasn't true. I mean, I could have just repeated a semester or, you know, graduated in five years as opposed to four. But um, that was the conclusion that I made. And so for me, that was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. So that's when I pivoted into public health because I figured, well, it's still health, not as intense as medicine. I don't, I don't, I, I don't get to feel like I've wasted all my education. So that's what made me pivot into public health. Yeah. That's interesting. I think there's a, a really good lesson that I'd like to highlight there that we could uh, talk to people that uh, that that you brought up, which is don't just because things are hard doesn't mean that you you should give up on them. You yes. could still uh, make it through. I mean, a lot of the things. What is it? You know, the old uh, adage or whatever uh, is uh, anything that's worth worth it is, is going to be difficult. Yes. Uh, obviously, I'm not articulating that correctly, but but you get the vibe. It's you, you got to put in the hard work and you'll get really the more hard work you put in, the, the greater the reward. Right. Yes. So you, yes. you could have finished that in, uh, degree in three years. Um, you yes. could have had a giant turnaround. So. Right. Right. But, I but, think but it was. Go ahead. No, no, please. It was my, it was my youth, you know, I was naive, you know, and I was arrogant as well. You know, like there's an arrogance that you have when you're younger that I think you begin <laughs> yes. to shed when you get older. No, it's the reality. I think I was it arrogant. Is, yeah. I, was, um, I felt like I had this all or nothing mentality, you know? And so I think it was a casualty of being as young as I was. And I recognize that now when I say it now, just to help others out there, you're exactly right. Just because something is difficult doesn't mean it's not for you or you still can't, you know, put in the effort and get there. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how we trust uh, 18 year olds 
with uh, the career path of somebody that is, you know, in their, in their 60s, 70s. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it, yes. it was us at 18 that made a lot of these life decisions that kind of exactly. forked in all these different directions. And it's, yep. <laughs> that's why it's, it's so important as, as a young person to, to get mentors or to be yes. part of a, um, uh, uh, some kind of uh, mentorship relationship uh, that, yes. that that you're getting that input or a mastermind, some some type of community, so you could absolutely. have a soundboard to bounce things. Yes, absolutely. You're exactly right. Yeah. So so then you went and you were uh, an, a health analyst. Am I saying that right? Yes. So I got my master's in public health and I worked as a public health analyst. And typically what, what I did for that job was just generate uh, evidence-based reports. Um, we were a contract company and we had contracts with um, different government and um, nonprofit agencies. And so if they wanted, say, to maybe, for example, let me just give an example, the Department of Transportation, they wanted to make some policy changes around um, truckers with diabetes, just as an example. And so we would um, scour the literature, the scientific literature, and come up with um, the evidence either to support that proposed policy change or refute it. So in general, that's what my job was. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're still doing like, uh, it, like you said, you're still in the, in the health industry. You're, right. you're using the education that you obtained and you're right. going down that path. And then uh, there was, uh, I, I don't know if there was a pivot, but maybe there was a corner, right? The Something to do with the company where they were, yeah. uh, they, they let right. you go. And then you started doing uh, WordPress sites for, for friends and small businesses. Exactly. So around that time, yeah. So the company let me go and I had just had my son. My son was um, one plus and I had gotten into WordPress back in college, but it was really just a hobby. It was just to have blogs and, you know, the clubs that I, I belonged to at college, I would create, you know, just simple either blogs for them or like just single one, you know, just to have a presence on the web. And that was something that I still did on the side you know, as I was a public health analyst. And so when I lost that job, um, I was getting to the point where people started to know what I was doing. And then they would ask me, oh, can you do this simple site? Like I had a friend who was a photographer and he was like, oh, it would be nice to feature my work online. Can you help me with that? And I had other friends who started asking me to build online presence for them. And at first it was, was like, oh, you can pay me whatever you want. Or, you know, like I, it was very informal, but then it started, I started realizing that, hmm, I could actually do this and make, make a pretty coin. And it, it dovetailed quite nicely with also my desire to be home with my son. Right. So that was a hard part for me, like during the first year of his life, balancing a full time job and being a new mother. I really felt like I wanted to be there more consistently for my son. And so doing the WordPress thing, I could do that from home. And so that was my first taste of work from home. Right. In a sense. Right. And so yeah. everything kind of worked out. Right. And then my partner at the time, you know, he was taking care of, quote unquote, the big bills. Right. And so but then I was generating some income from my WordPress hustle and then I was there for my son. So it was a win win. Yeah. It's, it's super important too to to have that that time at home with with your kids when they're when they're right. that young. I well, mean, it's I, I know a lot of people do the um, uh, the daycare because they have to. And, and we certainly did some of that a, a little bit as well. And if you can, you can. If you can't, you can't. You know, there's all kinds of uh, financial things and uh, that we could do or, or not do, right? So, uh, but yeah, if you can and you have that opportunity, that's amazing. It's great for for the kids' uh, child child development. But so from that point, you um, you, you started co coming into roadblocks. Uh, yeah. To, to say that, you know, and which which most of us do when we start learning about this technology, we're we're, yes. we're building these WordPress websites, and then we go, how do I change this? How do I change yes. that? You know, the, the client's coming to me. I don't. I might not know HTML, CSS, JavaScript, like like the three basics, right? And then on top of that, you have all these theming things where you started yeah. using a, um, a a server language, PHP. So right. you're having to make change, and a lot of people at that point stop they go you know what that th this is too much for me i i, I can't make it uh, i i'm gonna do something else or they just continue to do what they were originally doing but you know you you took the initiative and you, and you went forward so what what did that look like for you and and how did you um 
how did you actually one find the time to implement what you were learning and uh, moved ahead? Yeah. So for me, the passion to keep going or to move ahead, as you said, came from I loved empowering the businesses, whether it was a solo entrepreneur or like a small business or like a small law firm, like whatever it was. The payoff for me was empowering their business processes. So I remember one of my earliest clients, she was um, a massage therapist and she had a mobile massage therapy business and she was doing the paper and pen thing literally like she had a, a date book and it was paper and pen and you know everything was quite i guess you could say analog um and so just because of the lack of a system and no leveraging of technology she had a lot of potential clients falling through the cracks and so she had the interest but she couldn't translate them to clientele and so she was leaving a lot of money on the table and so i was able to set up one with a website a booking form a payment processing solution um, i took her contract online and so she wasn't chasing people with printed out copies and getting them to sign it and literally she'll tell you this within a couple of weeks her clientele tripled and she didn't feel the strain of it it was just she was she wasn't they weren't falling through the cracks and so that's just an example of how i was empowering people and empowering businesses and so that was it for me i didn't want to give that up and so for me it wasn't an option of oh i'm just going to keep doing what i'm doing or i'm going to stop this it was I see the value of what I'm doing. I mean, the money is good, but I see the value of what I'm doing. And so how can I get better at what I do? And so, like you said, um, I got to the point where, you know, plugins were beginning to be you know, like duplicate, like plugin, this plugin does ABC, but what I need is AC. Like it got to the point where the sites yeah. were getting bloated, right? And I, I couldn't find those perfect combos of plugins and themes to do what my clients needed. And that's when I felt like if I knew how to code, I could probably either build this or I could tweak it in the plugin and get the plugin. Like I could do something. So that was where I decided, okay, it's probably, it's probably time to get into the code and, and kind of see how this works under the hood. Yeah. Now, now you uh, you you use one of these um, uh, code camps, right? One of these boot camps to yes. to get you yes. to help 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 get your career going. And uh, one of the videos I watched, it looked it, it sounded like that you were um, you know you, you were you were taking care of your baby, and yes. you were working though. Like you you would go from like seven to eleven at night. That was your time to start uh, start learning. Yeah, that, that's yeah. I can you just tell us a little bit about that, that journey and, and and what that was like? Because I, I mean, for me, I I you know I I understand. I'm I'm a I'm a father. I I have a child. Um, I I, I know it's hard to find the time just to do anything. But like at at that young of age with a baby and trying to learn, ooh. So yeah, love to hear some of your insights on that. Absolutely. So um, the process that I took, I first, I, I used free um, resources online, um, which were great. But I think at this time I had my daughter. So my son's older now and I have my infant daughter. And I think any mother will tell you, any new mother, just the frazzled, you know, your mental state is frazzled, you're sleep deprived. And so even though the free resources were great, I didn't feel like I was making progress. I felt like I needed more structure and I needed like a community. I needed people to kind of check on me and and like people to check in with and and, and kind of get the sense that I'm I'm making progress and I'm, I'm working towards something. And so that's when I looked into boot camps. Um, and so I took a couple of free mini boot camps from different companies before deciding on the boot camp that I chose. Um, and so the boot camp that I chose, the Firehose Project, they've since been acquired. But what I liked about the Firehose Project was, first of all, they were one of the cheapest that I found at $6,000. And so they didn't have this IAC. ISA thing, which is like all the rage now, you either paid upfront or you got a traditional loan. And so what I did was I got a traditional loan, right? Um, and then another thing I liked about them was all the content was already loaded into the website and it was like a drip mm. format, right? And so you complete a module and module two opens up and you complete that and the next module. And that was important to me because I didn't want, I turned down the boot camps that were like cohort based and like you were learning with and you were going along with someone because I was afraid that what if I fall behind? What if, 
you know, at my, my baby's teething and I'm not sleeping, you know? And so I wanted a 100% self-paced um, solution that I could control. So I can go fast if I can, and I can slow down if I, if I need to. Um, so that was another reason. And so the whole seven to 10 thing. So my daughter, she didn't, she wasn't like, my son was a really good napper. He would nap for like three hours straight, but my daughter was more active. And so she was pretty active during the day. And I could never find like a real pocket of time to either like take my lessons or code or work on my assignments. And so what I did was I said, okay, She's not going to go down during the day. I'm going to sleep train her so I know she sleeps well during the, the night. And so her bedtime was 6.30. And I sleep trained her so she would sleep from 6.30 to about 11. And so nice. then I could, my son was older, and so my partner could handle my son. And so what I did was I then designated 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. every single day for deep focus work because I knew she'd be sleeping. She's not going to stir. Um, my son was with his dad. And so I could, so I felt better during the day, not really doing anything and just being there with my daughter because I knew come evening, I would have this uninterrupted time to really go hard and, you know, deep focus work. Yeah. So that was my schedule 24 seven, like seven days a week, basically. Yeah, it's 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 really difficult for people to find the time. And like you said, you you know, you did the sleep training, you had a set time and then I, you know, and life happens too. I'm sure there were uh, multiple times where, you know, she woke up early or didn't go to sleep at the right yeah. time, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Right? And you right. just, you just kind of right. have to roll with it. And a lot of these um, life happens. Right. And a lot of these boot camps, they're very much um, like uh, you have to be there. Yeah. It's an 80 hour thing day, you know, like it, it, or a week. It, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, but you know, you do come out on the other side, et cetera, et cetera, with, with all this um, opportunity, but you know, on, on the same token, that's not for everybody and not everybody could um, listen to somebody constantly uh, uh, teaching or, or uh, visually taking in and they need to sit down and read it. I know for, for my wife, she needs to sit down and read stuff. She can't be, mm -hmm. uh, she doesn't learn from a teacher. She learns by going through the book and, and reading the book. Uh, so everybody's different in that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Well, I think, go ahead. No, please. Yeah, I think the more diversity we see, even in boot camp, you know, tech boot camp education, the better it will be for everyone. You're exactly right. Like that option was just not available to me. Like I just like really like nine, nine a.m. to six p.m. like throughout the day. Like it just wasn't an option for me. And I'm really grateful that I had the boot camp that that I found. I'm really I, I don't think I would be where I am if I didn't have that option of a totally self-paced um, option for myself and just going at my pace, unlocking the lessons as I went along. Um, we also had, a, uh, we were also assigned a mentor that we met with for an hour a week. And that oh, nice. was extremely instrumental. I'm still in touch with Jeremy today. Shout out, Jeremy. Um, ah, but hey, Jeremy. He was, <laughs> he was instrumental in really helping me believe that I could be an engineer. Yeah, I always credit him with that, yeah. I love that. So what was your uh, what was your experience after you completed this course? Yes. You, from my understanding, it took you about six months uh, on the market trying to find a position. What yeah. what what exactly was that like and uh, how did you uh, how did you land your first tech job? It was I always call it the most demoralizing part of my journey because it really was that <laughs> um, my boot camp. They had like a career prep course and not to take anything away but I don't think I was really prepped, even though I took the course, but I don't think because you can't, no one can really prepare you, I think, for the reality of looking for your first tech job, especially as a second career person in tech. Um, it was it was tough. I didn't, um, now I'm really into networking. And if I could do anything different, I would have started networking at the same time I started bootcamp. But I never really networked at any point in even in my previous careers. And so really? when I thought it, no, I never did. I just I never, 
you know, like you're in college and everyone's there with you and then you get your first job and then you have your course. I never networked. I never, I never realized the value of networking until I got into tech. And even to find my first tech job, I had no network. I was just hitting up the job boards, like indeed.com, Monster. I just kept hitting up the job boards, right? And LinkedIn as well, right? And so whew, it was, it was a lot. I applied to almost a hundred jobs. And out of all those jobs, I got three on sites and then one of them, actually one of them rejected me. And then five months later, they had another role open up and they remembered me. And so they got in touch. That's how I got my first tech job. Ah. I got, yes. My first tech job was with the company that rejected me the first time around. But I got <laughs> to the final round. It was between me and one other person. And so they gave it to the other person. So I was rejected. Yeah. But five months later, they had a similar role open up. And I think they remembered me from the last interview. And so they came back knocking and I was still on the job market. And so that's when I got the job. But yeah. Nice. And I know one of the things that you cited was um, you know, the worry of ageism. Uh, I mean, I, I, I believe we're the same age. And, I, you know, when uh, when I was going through my career, I also felt that. And a lot of people feel that. I mean, so I, I, I see that, you know, you, you wrote that you were you completed this boot camp in your late 30s and you're worried about, you know, applying to these companies like a, like a Facebook type of company that it's, it's, it's very, um, you know, they, they have this image of, you know, all these young 20 somethings, uh, yeah. you know, uh, sipping mochaccinos while they're mm -hmm. running on their golf carts, exercising on the moon, who, you know, all the, all this goofy stuff that you see in like Silicon Valley, but like, like, like that, some of that stuff is, is a little bit real, but uh, you know, is, is ageism just something that's in our head? Is it, is an no. obstacle that we have to overcome or is it a real obstacle out there for people seeking, uh, real positions? I think it's both. It's definitely not just in our heads, but I think it's both mm. in the sense that if you look at ageism as only something that the other people have to fix, I think you limit yourself. And so there is there is a sense of doing everything that it, that is in your power to progress in the field you've chosen, but we definitely also need to address ageism, ageism on a more macro level. Um, I know for me, I'm, I wouldn't say that I didn't feel fear about ageism because I was, I graduated boot camp. I think I was 38, right? 38, between 37 and 38. And I landed my first job at 38. I, I landed, I started my first job five, five days before my, my 38th birthday, actually. Oh, that's um, so cool. Yes. It was, it was a nice birthday present. Um, but so I felt the disadvantage or I, I guess I felt it but I didn't, I didn't let myself feel it too deeply. Cause in my mind, like I didn't have that luxury. Like I, I, I felt like, you know what, Arit, you've spent all this money. You've been through this process, get a job, right? Like that's why you did this. Right. And so I think that was my mindset. I didn't let myself really sink into, um, the worries and the fears about, Oh, am I too old? Oh, I'm a black woman. I am older. Like I I'm a mother. Um, I, I didn't, I felt it, but I didn't allow myself permission to really sit because in my mind, I was like, you need to get a job, just get a job. <laughs> right. And so yeah. I think that's why I answer both on the one hand, I don't mean to dismiss the reality of ageism and other like barriers to, um, you know, diverse candidates out there. But I think on an individual level, there's a real sense of like, you, you just need to, you know, do what you need to do and 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 forge ahead right or else you you end up um being limited i think by these by these systems yeah well yeah a lot of times we have these things in our head whether it's um imposter syndrome or yeah. you know we 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 want people to tell us that uh it's okay for you to do that i give you permission where no one's going to give us permission to do things or on the other side of the coin where we're looking for people to tell us you can't do that. Okay, I won't do that. Right, but that that, that doesn't happen. It's it all begins and starts with with you and your heart and your head. Did you did you actually have any like uh, any experiences at all with ageism, or was it like you said, just you know you you wondering like you know, am I not getting this position at all these places that I applied for because I'm not 22? Yeah, I mean, how do you know? I think it's a great question. You no. like, yeah, like that's the thing. Like, how do I, did I have anyone like flat out tell me, oh, you're too old? No, 
did I have like any communication to the effect of, oh, if you were younger, like, like, how do you really know? I think even if, even when these things are in operation, they are covered and they're couched, you know, sometimes really well. Right. Um, and so even if I felt that way in my job hunt process, I didn't really have any evidence. And then I always told myself, even if it's true, does that mean you stop? I think that's what it came down to for me. Like, even if it's true, let's say it's true. Let's say on paper, you look great, but then you have the Zoom call and they're like, oh, okay. She, I mean, let's just say it's true. Does that mean I stop? Does that mean I conclude it's not for me. And that's what I did when I was younger, right? When I, when I struggled in my junior year. And so I had to, mm. had to come to a place where, okay, this place may not be for me. If that's what's going on, then I probably don't want to work there anyway. But does that mean I don't want to work period? And so I think I just kept telling myself that this is a numbers game. So much of job hunting is a numbers game. Put in the work put in the numbers, um, learn what you can from previous failed interviews and just keep putting yourself out there. That's what I just kept telling myself, right? Yeah, yeah it, it all goes back to just, it, a lot of these things ca can be in your head. Like you said, it's how do you measure if, if it actually is true or not? And right. you know, there's so many companies, the world is a really big place. <laughs> I know it seems small because of, Technology right. brings us together, but there's so many different companies that right. someone could work work with, work for, partner with, start your own. There is a lot of opportunities. There's never a dead end. There's right. always doors all around you. You know, one of I the mean, things I though, I, I please go ahead. No, I was no, gonna, no, no, I was I, just gonna I, say that I was gonna say that I think fatigue also plays a role. So I think, you know, yeah. job hunting is very tiring. And when you know, everyone starts job hunting, assuming that within a couple of weeks, they'll land a job. That's the dream, right? I apply for a position. I get it. Within a couple of weeks, I'm working. That's everyone's dream. And it doesn't always pan out that way. And a lot of times there's a lot of fatigue and not to talk of imposter syndrome and just all the mental stuff that comes along with job hunting. You know, um, a lot of times rejection can seem like an indictment on your ability. And I think that's another thing I had to learn. Maybe I'm not, I don't have the skill set for this particular job, but that doesn't mean I don't have any skills. And I think those are the conclusions that we need to kind of wrestle with in our own mind and decide what am I going to interpret this rejection as. But job hunting is exhausting. And I think we, we I mean, privilege comes into it, right? Like I had the privilege of a partner who was taking care of majority bills. And so I didn't have the added pressure of, oh, my savings are running out. Where am I going to, you know, how am I going to pay my next, you know, like there's a lot of pressures I think that different people face. And so on the one hand, like you have to keep going. It's like the only way out is through. Right. But I do have compassion for just different, different situations, different financial situations, different support situations. I mean, it, it's a lot. It can be a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, one, one of the things that I, I heard on a podcast that you were on recently, uh, Code, Code Newbies, yes. uh, you, you were talking about one of the things, it, it could be ageism, but, but it's, it, it's probably more parenting uh, issue that sometimes young people or parents uh, it can't or don't have the ability to understand what it's like being a, a single parent and yeah. what 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 goes into that. You were talking about some experiences you had where, you know, you you brought your daughter to daycare for the, for the first time, and what uh, some people don't realize is that you know when your child gets sick, you have to go and get your child out of yep. daycare. They don't want sick kids getting right. all the other kids sick, so right. that's when you have to go. Hey everybody! I gotta go. I gotta yes. go get my daughter. Um, yes. So, or, or you know, hey, I I can't be there for that weekend fun thing that you guys are doing as a team. You know, I, right. I'm, I'm, I you know, do you mind speaking to a little bit about about that and how uh, how you dealt with that experience? Absolutely. So this was my first tech job. Um, it was not, I, I have to say it now because of our reality, but it was in person, right? So this is this wasn't a remote uh, a job, and it was an hour 
from my home one way. And so um, my daughter's daycare was really close to my home. So I would drop her off and then I would drive into work. And just like you said, any child that starts daycare, that first month, they catch everything, right? They haven't been exposed. Oh God, yeah. Um, and so, yes. So my daughter was catching everything that just flew by. And just like you said, if your child is running a fever or they have like the raging, like snotty nose and coughing, they're not going to keep the child in the daycare. And so you have to come and get your child. And so with my company, um, it was an on-site job. We were not even though we had times when the engineers would work remotely, we were not designed for remote work. And so I'm brand new. I'm a brand new developer. I'm a brand new employee. I'm still learning. Um, and I, I just started working. So I don't have any time. I don't have any PTO saved, but my daughter's sick and I need to work from home. And so it was very challenging. Um, just because our system wasn't designed with remote first in mind, I was not intentionally, but just left out of a lot of things. I didn't feel like, because I'm still building a connection with my teammates. So I didn't feel that connection having to work from home with my sick daughter. And then I'm also a new developer. And so I'm learning a lot of the technology is new to me, not just even the technology, but the systems and the, the, um, the, um, the, the way that they did things, right? Like the conventions, that's the word I'm looking for. A lot of the conventions were still very new to me. So it was really challenging. Um, and, and then just feeling the guilt as well. And that's something that I've blogged about and I talk about is sometimes as parents, when we have to be parents, while being um, professionals, we feel guilty. I would feel guilty for having to be home with my daughter who was sick. Um, and so that was just mentally, that was a challenge as well. So just wading through all of that. And then I was the only mother in the engineering department. I was the only parent on my team. I was the only woman on my particular team. And so the added layer of not really feeling like my teammates got it, it was rough. I have to say it was rough. I mean, I got through it. I tried to focus. I tried not to um, make conclusions that that were not obvious, you know, because we do a lot of that. We're like, oh, this person, sure. um, this person called a meeting and didn't remember I was remote. Oh, they must not want me. You know, like there's there's always that opportunity to take things, you know, more than what it really is. And so I just focused on just be the best developer you can. If you're left out of a meeting, catch up with what they said. Like, you know, I just mentally just chose, just focus on the job, right? Do the best you can. And once your daughter gets better, you'll be back in the office, like things like that. Yeah. But it was rough. Yeah. Well, that stuff's very real and very valid. I mean, you talked about guilt it's and, and guilt about not being at the office. There's also yes. a lot of guilt about uh, from the other way where you're like, oh, I need to be with my child, you know, or, you know, you get, you get these, you know, sometimes we get calls or we get emails late at night and we got to yeah. jump on the machine and we got to do things. And you're like, sorry, I, you know, I'll be with you in a little bit, you know, and, and you got to do right. things because it, it, it's work and you got to, you know, you got to take care of work, but also, you know, your, your child, it's, uh, I think it's, you know, circling back with ageism and everything like that it's 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 hard for people to understand and i think for me sometimes i definitely you know i'm a human being i get frustrated and i do project my own emotional uh baggage if, if you yeah. will on people that may or may not be valid and um it, it sometimes it could be frustrating and challenging you know absolutely but why don't we why don't we jump into uh, uh, the next thing, which I'm super excited about, is you were a founder of OurTimeForTech.org. So what, what, first off, what was the uh, what was the Sega Genesis here? What what, what made you uh, what made you do this? Why did you start this? Let's hear it. It's weird to hear you say founder. I'm still. It's so funny. Everyone tells me, "Are right, you a founder?" And I'm like. Mm. Yeah. I don't I don't feel like I fit in the in the the mold, right? Like the traditional founder mode, but it, it's okay. Um our time for tech really came out of what I I felt was needed in the tech or let me say, I mean I can say tech industry, but as an engineer, let me say also the software engineering industry. Um I felt as though, you know, when I when I reflect over my journey and how I got to where I am. I, I realized that 
I enjoyed a lot of privilege, privilege around having access to mentors, having access to people who had been there. Um, either they've worked for many decades in the field and so they have the benefit of that experience or they've also been um, they've also um, transitioned from other careers into tech and are able to speak to that i felt like a lot of my confidence came from my connection to those people and so i began thinking about how i could give back so our time for tech really is giving back um and how can I, either myself or leveraging my network, how can I make that same kind of support available to women who are making similar transitions, either coming from another career or, you know, mothers like myself wanting to transition. A lot, of, I hear from a lot of women who say, I want to get into tech because of the flexibility, the opportunity to work from home, the better pay. Um, and so it really came from a desire to give back and to um, to give what I was given, right? Nice, yeah, you know, I, I wanna read this uh, piece that I pulled off the website and, and, and see what you say here. So I, I founded uh, Our Time for Tech to give women what is often missing from boot camps and other upskilling programs. So you cite intimate, engaged, and sustained support. Do you mind kind of diving into that and, and, and how that's missing and how, how you're providing that? So you're exactly right. When I was conceiving our time for tech, I really did not want to just duplicate, duplicate what's out there. So boot camps are great. Right. I love the fact that boot camps are providing that opportunity to gain these skills in a relatively short period of time and get you job ready. That that wasn't what I, I wanted to do. I know there's career accelerators out there and, you know, their purpose is, you know, through scientific means and, you know, tra uh, training you with, for example, for software engineering, training you in algorithms, especially if you're interested in the fan companies. They are doing a fantastic job. I wasn't looking to duplicate that. And so for me, I wanted to fill in the gaps. Right. And so sometimes you can go through a boot camp and you emerge with a great portfolio, but maybe you're not you're not really getting um, like that personalized and that targeted mentoring. Um, you know, boot camps at the end of the day, they make money with higher enrollment. Right. Um, and so at least for like in my boot camp, we had one on one mentoring throughout. I know some boot camps, it's group based. Right. And so the truth of the matter is, yes, you're getting the technical skills and you're building the portfolio, but are you getting that personalized one-on-one -on -one target um, um, support? Another um, gap that I discovered, Frederick, is a lot of times with boot camps, you are not doing a whole lot of group work. You're not doing a whole lot of coding and building as a team. Right. And so you are judge, jury and executioner on all your projects. Right. Like you decide scope like you're you're like a one man team. And that's good for learning. But I think another dimension of learning, especially as a software engineer, is learning how to build with a team. And that was another gap that I was realizing, even with the boot camp education and the self-taught was there weren't that many opportunities to build software as a team. And so that's another thing that we do in our time for tech is, okay, you have some coding skill, but like, for example, we just got done with cycle two and or we're about to get done with cycle two, I should say. And all our fellows, they never, they didn't know how to use Git or GitHub, like pull request, what is that, right? Because you're building a personal project and you just, you know, you just push to whatever branch you want. Like you ain't cutting pull requests, right? And so I felt like, and at the end of the day, another thing I discovered, Frederick, is when you go in for those interviews and you're able to demonstrate that you have that experience coding with the team, you can, you can speak to the nuances when you're coding with a team as opposed to just building your own personal thing, you end up exuding that confidence and 
And, and so, yes, you have the technical skill, but then you also convince the hiring manager that I can function as part of a team. So those are the gaps that I'm seeking to fill. I'm not really like trying to copy kind of what's out there, which is do, which is being done well and very well. But I find that these are the gaps that um, are still persisting in the um, in the in in the experience of women breaking into tech. And so that's what that's what we're looking to. Well, well, that's a lot of what uh, what you you hear from uh, from HR departments, right? They're always looking for people with experience. Yeah. Uh, what what does experience mean? How do we quantify that? How how yeah. can we define experience? Does experience just mean I you know I worked at some place for two years? Yeah. Or does it mean I I have soft skills and I can work yes. with a team? Yes. I you know I am not a, a a crazy psychopath. I, I I you know I could talk to people and I can have a conversation. Right. And I right. could collaborate. Right. You know, a lot. A lot of times, people will hire uh, 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 different individuals just because they can work for a team and they're easy to talk to. We're at at, at the office or we're at home. However, we're we we work with people. We collaborate all day. And if you have somebody that is, um, you know, that is providing a lot of friction, um, it, it it's it's difficult. You just want to be able to to get things done and have somebody, you know, that's just you know, cool to talk to. And yeah. and sometimes you could just teach skills. So yeah. it's, uh, it, you know, even like uh, there, there was a great example that Jeffrey Zeldman providing on our, uh, on our show a few weeks back where he talked about where um, he was working at some place and uh, they were letting people go. And he was one of the first people to get let go in his career because he might've known a little bit more than some of the other people and, and a certain respect for these certain projects he was working on, but he wasn't the easiest person to deal with in his younger years, um, mm -hmm. which he took to heart and was a great lesson for him. So, you know, a, a lot of those things go, uh, I, I think, aligned with what you're talking about is, is yeah. having that kind of experience of team and uh, being yeah. able to have those conversations. That's wonderful. Yeah. Even technical communication. So when you think about it, yeah. like with our current cycle too, it's one thing to be able to code a feature. It's another thing to talk through it. It's another thing to explain what you did and uh, entertain yeah. questions and, and answer questions along the lines. Like I've spoken with some of my mentees will tell me, oh, I've had um, job interviews and say we were talking about a project of mine where I integrated a payment processing um, like Stripe, for example. And they get questions like, why did you choose Stripe? Why didn't you go with this? Or, you know, they get questions. Why? Why did Stripe appeal to you? And they freeze because they never thought about it. They only implemented Stripe because the tutorial said to implement Stripe. And so that's what I'm talking about gaps. That's what I mean by gaps is, yes, you're gaining these hard technical skills. You're learning to code. You're following tutorials. You're completing boot camps. But are you really thinking about what you're building? And do you have opportunities to communicate what you're learning? Because it's what you communicate in your interviews that gets you the job, not necessarily what you've done. And that's what I learned. I think there's a mindset out there that just because you have a portfolio of 10 kick-ass projects, that doesn't mean you will get the job. If they ask you questions about what you built and you don't have that confidence or that sense of ownership to talk confidently about what you built, they, they could conclude that you really don't know the stuff, but you do. And so that's a huge gap that I see. And that's what I'm trying to meet through our time for tech is creating a space where women breaking into tech can, can come and learn these soft skills, learn how to communicate technically about what they're building, you know, participate in a stand-up, participate in a sprint planning. Um, when your colleague has cut a pull request, how do you review code? Not just write code but how do you review other people's code? Can you get to a point where you understand what this person was trying to do um, and, and, and go in and either you know, affirm it or come up with a different approach and suggest it? And then the communication piece as well. And so I'm talking about the, that's the code collab track is what I'm talking about. We have better prep, which is for job seekers in particular. Um, but yeah, we're just we're we're looking to fill the gaps, is is what we're looking to do, and and be like a, I guess a, a like a augmenting all the all the um, resources out there that are available for people breaking into tech. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, it's it's just like you said. I mean, you 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 come out and uh, of some of these camps, and it, you don't know how to talk to people. Don't know how to talk to it, or they don't right. know how to sell their ideas. Like yes. you said, you know, you can say, right. "Well, why did you, why did you use this font here, or why are yeah. you using why are you using Vue instead of yes. React?" Yeah, uh, exactly. I, I don't know. All right, that, right. Yeah, I I don't know. It doesn't sell it to the C levels. You no, have to doesn't. have some yeah. kind of reason behind it. Well, hey, we're 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 getting really close to the end, and I just want to make sure that I uh, put up some links and uh, uh, promote uh, all all the places where people could find you. So you're on uh, the Twitters with your name, LinkedIn. Uh, your website is art.dev. Uh, obviously, our time for tech.org, and um, if you go to art developer. Yes, uh, and, and and GitHub, and you got yeah. some of your stuff. And I, I love this recent video that you know I I, I brought up the thing with GitHub uh, about you know because you, you showed just recently how people could um, how how to actually do it, set up a project, yeah, uh, bring it to your local, clone it, and uh, you know I, I think a lot of people are just really afraid sometimes to um, one open a terminal, yeah, or, or, or you know that they, they might not even know about tools like uh, like. What what is it? Tower Tower for Git, right? Or, yeah. or, or you know some of those uh, Alassian, if I'm saying yeah. that right, some of their tools I, like that yeah. that you can do. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I started the the YouTube channel. You know, it's so funny. I'm not. I mean, I appreciate every like, but I'm not. I'm not doing it for likes. Um, I really yeah. started my my YouTube channel really is for representation because when I YouTube is like a wonderful resource for people breaking into tech. There's just so many tutorials and videos, but you know, the, the more I got into it, the more I saw that you know, there's just not a whole lot of technical content being done by black older women. And so that's one of the reasons why um, I decided to start putting out what I'm learning and how I'm growing technically on YouTube and, and really just just show that we're, we're out here doing this and you can too. Yeah. Yeah. We, we all need to be out there. Uh, the, the more people that we could uh, get out to, to communicate our voice, you know, it's, it's, it's hard being, uh, you know, if you don't see people that are, are like you, like-minded, look like you or, or your age and what, what have you, all these things, it, it's, it's inspiring to be able to see that and say, yes. yeah, you know what, I, I could do that too. You know, yes. we, we, we all need role models and mentors and, 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 and that, that, that line of inspiration. Absolutely. So, hey, we're right at the end of the show, and I, I, I love to present our guests with an opportunity to leave us with some parting words of wisdom. And I, I'm, I'm sure people, you know, ask you all the time too about things about like, you know, hey, you know, tricks and and tips, you know, for for moms, etc. Which one of the things I know you said is is take your time, and, and yeah. you, you definitely re reiterated that early on in the beginning of the show about you know you're finding a boot camp that you were able to to take your time with. But I'd love to provide you a, again with an opportunity for. Uh, for some parting words of wisdom so yeah um well what i will say is if you are so let's look at it from what i was able to accomplish right if you are seeking to break into software engineering um i think the best thing i can advise is approach it with an almost militant mindset right so there's a lot of sexy stories out here you know there's you you check on youtube how i broke into tech in three months two months five weeks and and these stories are sexy and they're inspiring and you know they make you feel like i can do this um but i think you really do yourself a service to you know get over the emotional aspect of your decision and really um approach the um the process with a disciplined and an almost militant mindset um really take stock of what you have available to you what privilege do you enjoy that you can leverage and what i mean by that is whether it's financial whether it's in terms of support whether it's in terms of what you have access to who you have access to um take a good inventory of what you have at your disposal and really think about how making your journey will impact not just your life but the lives of those in your um your family or your community or whoever you're connected to um and and i think when you slow down and you 
you you plan accordingly, I think when the roadblocks come up and when the challenges come up, you are prepared to push your way through them. Um, another thing I'll also say is do not wait to network. Networking is as easy as I use my Twitter primarily for um, professional reasons. And so it's just as easy as following people. If their DMs are open, you know, ask them questions, get yourself on the radar of people in the industry, start networking. Um, cause, cause it's really invaluable to be able, I call it standing on the shoulders of benevolent giants. Okay. Not the wicked ones. You know, you have people who will never give you a leg up, you know, to save their life, but for the most part, people are helpful. And so take advantage of that. Take advantage of people's goodwill and their and their desire to help but be as deliberate as you can surround yourself with support whatever time you think it will take you to complete your transition triple it manage your expectations i think if you manage your expectations you will be better equipped to um to um you know push your way past the challenges that come up and, and you reach your goals i love that and uh, also, Jessica is also appreciating what you're saying. Thank you, Jessica. Great you're interview welcome. and advice. Thank you so much, Jessica, for watching. Really appreciate it. Yeah, that's that, that's such great advice because you know if if you uh, if you don't talk to people, they they might not know who you are or where you are or what you're doing. So yeah, that that's awesome. Uh, Eric, thank thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us and coming on again. I, I know it's a, it's a Saturday. It's not the easiest thing for us. For, for everyone to do. So really, really, really appreciate it. I really appreciate the, 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 I mean, just, it's an honor. It's an honor and I'm humbled to be asked to, to have been asked to be on your podcast, Frederick. And y'all have been great, not just the actual session that we just had, but even the follow-up and the checking in, you guys have been very compassionate and very, you know, check, you know, crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's. So I want to recognize that you, you're doing this and you're doing it well. So thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right, before I start crying, thanks everybody for joining the show. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. Thanks all. Thanks everyone. Thank you. Thanks for consuming the Thunder Nerds. We honestly and sincerely appreciate you watching and or listening to the show. Please subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. Write us review. Keep a few stars our way. I enjoy the best podcast for technology out there, and that is Thunder Nerds. Thunder Nerds. Thunder Nerds. Thunder Nerds. That's our new intro. Exactly. <laughs> I hope you don't mind if we use that. I'll say about it after the show. Oh, I love penguins. I love Frederick. Oh, I love penguins. I should have known the Territor didn't mean us any harm when the Sword of Omens didn't obey me. And anyway, it was just plain stupid to assume it might be bad. Just what the <laughs> fuck am I talking about?